Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. Today's Sunday morning, June 6th. I don't know if this means much to you, but the 77th anniversary of D-Day, one of the great places I visited in my seven years ago, this yesterday, when we visited Normandy. And um, great invasion, great military invasion. Sometimes I think there's an invasion of the church going on. That's what I want to talk about this morning that the devil, our enemy, is trying to invade our churches, trying to invade our country, trying to invade our lives, and we are involved in a battle. And if you see some of these war movies like Saving Private Ryan or something, you may think, wow, what an intense battle that was, and it was an intense battle. But sometimes our battle might not seem as intense, and yet it is, and our enemy, every bit as real, as what we face down there in in uh, World War II. We're in feet, we're talking on Sundays we like to pray for our churches. So let's turn, if you will, to Ephesians 4 is where we're looking this morning. We've been working our way briefly, beginning last week, through the passage of what is the church about? What is the church to be doing? We'll begin with Ephesians 4, verse 11. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. So we talked about this last week, that we, you have been equipped, your church is to be equipping you. You've been given by God spiritual gifts, but your church, the purpose of the church is to be equipping us for the work of service. This is what I want to do each, each day when we're together, is to be equipping you. I don't just speak to get something off my chest, I don't just speak to... To, to feel good about myself, but it's to equip you when your pastor's teaching. It's to equip you when the leaders of the church are leading. The goal is to be equipping you for the work of service until, until what? Verse 12 or verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith. I want to talk about that briefly today as we pray for our churches is the unity of the faith. Because our country, as we know, is very, very divided these days. We've been involved in a, dare we say, a cultural war. It was identified in the 1980s. And indeed, we had, the, the cultural war, whatever you want to call it, has been this conflict between, in our country, is Jesus really the Lord and the Christian value system, the Christian belief system, the Christian moral values, will they really rule our country? Or will we, as happened in the 60s, with an onslaught, shall we say, of the sexual revolution, of communist disinformation coming into our country, and a a surge of political ideologies that wanted to radically change the way our country was to be? And these deeply entrenched now, as we know, in our media, our universities, our schools, our, our businesses, our big business. And so there's this cultural battle going on. And um, we are naive if we think it has not also infiltrated the church. And we see this exactly, don't we? We see churches questioning, this is, you know, questioning uh, all kinds of sexual morals that once were without any question whatsoever. Questioning ideas about what's right and what's truthful without that once once were 
understood to everyone agreed upon. And while some would say this is progressive and learning and advancing, what we'd say actually is it's departing from the truth of the solid foundation of God's word. So we want to pray for our churches to be united. When I think of unity, you know, in our world today, there's a lot of talk about equality and actually even equity. Equity means a, a similar outcome that you that all these different gr uh, groups that you want to look upon or you want to measure the demographic groups, they all have a similar outcome. And, if, and you assume if they don't, it's because of oppression. And that may or may not be the case. I'm not going to get into that this morning. But what I want to say is in the Scripture, the emphasis in the church there is talk about equality. Second Corinthians talks about you know equality and and there was a sharing of, of goods and there was a voluntary charity and a care for one another. But the prayer of Jesus, when it came to unity, the prayer of Jesus, the word he used was one, that we might be. When he talked about un unity, he brought up the concept of oneness. Paul brought up brought up the concept. He said, "We're there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor Scythian, or barbarian, male nor female, but we're all one in Christ Jesus." You on campus, people, you know, people sometimes like to ask me, "Are you and your wife equal?" And and uh, you know, what, what kind of a question is that? You know, what what are they getting at there? And so I like to play along with them a little bit because I know that you know they're trying to make some issue of people who've never been married never know what marriage is, probably just taking some sociology class, and I want to challenge their thinking. I say, are my wife and I equal? I don't know. Our emphasis is we're one. The Bible doesn't say the two shall become equal flesh. The Bible says the two become one flesh. In the church, the Bible emphasizes, Jesus prayed that they might be one. In, in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying. He says, Father, verse 23, I pray that they all may be one, even as you and I are one. And God's desire for the, us in the church is oneness. We're not all the same. We have different gifts. We have different abilities. We have different, God even gave, Jesus told the parable of the talents, where God, the master here, he gave different abilities to different people, and he expected each to give to, to be faithful with what God had given them. But the emphasis was oneness. I've often found that when, when the emphasis is equality, that's a, that is a formula for disaster and a formula for destruction. Because equal, you, you can, no one ever thinks they're equal with another. There's always, an, always going to be some sort of an inequality. Oh, you know, it's just going to be a reality. We have, like you said, different abilities, different strengths, different gifts. But there can be a oneness. Again, back to my wife and I, I, I point out, people say, I'm saying we're one. I'm stronger, but she's smarter. And together we make a pretty good team. On a football team, not everybody touches the ball the same amount of times. Not everybody throws the ball. Not everybody blocks the same amount. They each have their role, and together they are one. And if they emphasize, I want more of spotlight. I want a better role. I want, I want to be able to do what the quarterback does. I, you know, that's a that's a formula for disaster. But when each embraces who they are, 
who God has made them. Some are faster, some are stronger, some are bigger, some are smaller. And when each of us knows who we are and we embrace that fully and become part of the team and focus on oneness, that's the winning formula. And in our churches, this is what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We all have different gifts. Some are more obvious. Some, 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 are, some are just like the foot. The head can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. And we can never say to anyone in the body, I have no need of you. Every one of us is critical. Every one of us is essential. But we're not identical. And so we pray today for unity in the church. We pray today for oneness in the church. We pray today for this type of unity that would please God. You know, the second thing that's dividing us, sometimes our misunderstanding, gifting divides us, but also sometimes what divides us is in our culture today, our culture has more and more embraced the Marxist concept that all of history is about the struggle between the oppressor and the oppressed, or as Marxists called it, the proletariat and the bourgeois. The oppressor, the other way around there. And, and in the, we can't allow that in the church because Jesus, that's not what Jesus was about. Jesus said greatness in the kingdom is not about getting power because that's what, all, that's what our culture is about nowadays. That's what's crept, in, crept into thinking that it's all about who has the power, who's the oppressor, who's the oppressed. And that's not what our goal in life is. In the church of God, that's not what our goal is about. I don't know about you. I have no desire to have power over somebody. I've got enough trouble with my own life. Now, I do want to inspire people. I want to encourage people. I want, I want people to be all that God created them to be and to be inspired from the depths of their heart. I want them to rise above from the depths of their heart. I hope that's what you desire. That's what every good shepherd in the church of God ought to desire. But power over others? Why would we want that? It seems to me that's just a very sinful thing to desire. I want to have power over somebody. Uh Uh-uh. In the kingdom of God, we strive to be servants. In the kingdom of God, we focus on loving one another. In the kingdom of God, we, we, we release one another. We, we, we want each person to become all that God wanted them to be. We want them to come under God's authority and under the power of God. But to me, have power over someone? Why would I want that? Is that the, our goal? I think not. And yet that's what it's all about in our world today. And it's, and it's in, the, in the political world, in the business world, everywhere it's, it's about who's got the power. That, this is what cancel culture is all about. I've got power over you. I'm going to get you canceled, get you silenced. My friends, this is, this is terrible for our country. We cannot let it seep into the church, can we? It cannot be in the church. And so today we pray and we cry out to God for this unity and this oneness. And it comes through humility. It comes through embracing who God has made me to be. I don't have to be somebody else. I don't have to have their gift. I embrace who God has made me to be with all my heart. I become part of that team. I become one. And I hum- humbly seek to elevate others and to serve others 
rather than to exalt myself. These are the root causes of what, of what will bring unity, root solutions, and solutions to those root causes of pride and power-seeking. Should we pray together? Father in heaven, we pray today for our churches. In a culture, in a world now that's gone just power-hungry and is divisive and is angry at one another, and it's, it's, it's not even hidden anymore, Lord. It's just right out there. People wanting power over others. One, uh, this group wanting power and supremacy over that group. And, and it's just argued and fought. And Lord it's, Lord, it's easy for us to become defensive and want to stand our ground and fight back. And, and, and perhaps there's a place to fight against that. But Lord, I pray in the church. I pray in the church that we would rise above as a model that refuses to get drawn into the cultural wars, that refuses to get drawn into the, the fighting the cultural wars the way the world fights them. Help us, Father, as churches to be pleasing to you. Oh, God, Jesus, you prayed in your final prayer that they might be one. I pray our churches would be one. I pray our churches would be united. I pray the church I attend would be united, Father. I know that the, the devil's trying to divide us. I know that he's trying to have false ideas creep into our church. Jesus, you warned us about, so the, the epistles, every, every, it seems like every epistle warns us about false teaching that can creep into the church. And fathers, it, it's so often, it's not in our day now, it's not just about maybe wrong theology about who Jesus is or the atonement. Lord, it's, it's a, a false theology about meaning and purpose and life and the, the, the kingdom of the world seeking to invade the kingdom of God. Father, we have, we, we see, it seems as if the only institution still standing against the kingdom of the world in our country now is the church. The domain of darkness has infiltrated our lives. It's infiltrated our families. It's infiltrated our businesses. It's infiltrated our schools. It's infiltrated our mass media. We pray today the church would stand strong and firm, united, holy, pure, rising above, and not just ignoring. Father, I pray our churches and our pastors and our people would not be ignorant to the spiritual battles. They would not be naive. They'd not just say we don't have to fight it and ignore it, but rather we would prevail over it. We would prevail by being examples of what you would want rather than succumbing to the pressures of the world's goals and values. I pray, Father, we would rise above, and I pray we'd be united, and I pray, Lord, that the churches of America in this day, in these days, Lord, would rise above, would be seen as a place where people who want love and who want truth and who want acceptance and who want to be accepted for who they are as an individual, as a person, and loved by God and loved by others, people who are fed up and tired of all the fighting in our nation, Lord, they would find refuge in the churches of God because we stand for truth, and we speak the truth in love. I pray for this, Father. Give us this oneness. I pray our churches, again, Lord, I pray our churches would not be invaded by the false battles being fought in our culture. Or we, or we would fight those battles your way 
and not in the way of the world. We pray for this. Lord, today our prayer, our churches would be places of joy, triumph, victory, love. I pray that, Lord, our churches wouldn't be singing a sad song. I pray our churches wouldn't be places of mourning and moping and Lord, that we, we would be delighted to see one another, rejoice in one another, hug one another, shake hands with one another, smile to one another. Lord, I pray our churches today would, would be triumphant churches. We pray for this. I pray our speakers, our pastors, our worship leaders, all these people would help set a tone of joy and victory today. Lord, I, just, I pray for these things. It's on my heart. We cry out to you together. Help us on this live stream as we go to church this week, today, to be examples of the joy of the Lord and the victory of Christ in everyone we meet. We pray these things. We bless you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, folks. Well, you can tell I'm fired up about this. The world's trying to invade us with their ideas. And many in our churches think the way we fight shall we say, for justice or injustice, the way we fight for the, the cultural battles is we fight it on their terms. No, we have the power of God. We are the church of God. We have mighty weapons that the world doesn't have. We have mighty weapons the world doesn't have. We love one another. They don't. We have the truth of God. They don't have it. We've got the mighty weapon of prayer. They don't. We live holy lives, and so we are being tested. But as I pray, we will rise above. And the test may be long-lasting, long-term, and severe, but I pray we rise above it. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining me today. If you're new, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the notify bell so you know whenever we go online. Leave a comment so I know where you're from. And uh, by the way, I, I do want to send out a special prayer for um, Mateo. I don't even know how to pronounce his last word. Mateo's a missionary in Germany. And his father is struggling badly with COVID right now. It's really tough when you're away and internationally on a mission field. Mateo's from Florida, and uh, and he and his family are over there. And they come in, and they watch us every day. So Mateo, good, hello to you. And we are praying for your father and his recovery. I know it's tough when you're away and international, and you've got someone back home suffering. That's a real test for missionaries. So we lift him up in his prayers and our prayers, and hope he'll be better. So anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Make sure and spread the word also. Share the, hit that share button. You invite others to join us, and we will see you tomorrow morning where we keep going on uh, discussing how to answer objections to the faith by the FFDPQ method. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.